Thanks for tuning in to the Forensic News Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Stedman. I'd like to give all of our Tier 5 subscribers on Patreon a big shout-out and thank you. Those people are Mike Murphy, Phil Holtling, Kevin Sherwood, Mark Alfano, Jason Zimmerman, William Healy, Zach Zeskor-Kaminsky, Angela Jackson, Andre Dunka, and Craig Pierce. Please consider signing up to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash forensicnews. All donations go towards our journalism as well as the podcast. Starting at just five bucks, you can receive exclusive perks, merchandise, as well as early access to some of our articles. We learned a whole lot of news this past week about Donald Trump's former personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, and the FBI investigation into Giuliani regarding his contacts with various Ukrainian officials and Russian intelligence officers in order to spread dirt on the Joe Biden campaign, on Hunter Biden, and the DNC. With that in mind, Forensic News had our own exclusive article about Giuliani today and one of his Ukrainian allies. And so what I thought I'd do is kind of read our article about Giuliani and the Ukrainians. And while I'm doing that, I'll kind of fold in other major reporting on the probe and give you all a good idea of where the FBI investigation into Giuliani and, as we're reporting, into one of his Ukrainian allies, where that all stands. So the top line of what Forensic News has reported this week is that the FBI investigation has expanded into Giuliani. Uh, We were told by multiple sources that the FBI probe now includes a Ukrainian politician by the name of Andriy Durkash, who you may or may not remember has been labeled as an active Russian agent for over a decade. And that was according to the Trump administration when they sanctioned him in 2020. So here's what we're saying at Forensic News. The Federal Bureau of Investigation probe of Donald Trump's personal lawyer, Rudolf Giuliani, has expanded to include Russia's spy activities in the 2020 election, multiple sources tell Forensic News. The criminal investigation, which led to a dramatic raid of Giuliani's home and office this week, has for months included the activities of those who worked for or with Russian intelligence agent Andriy Durkash. Now, we mentioned the raid into uh, Giuliani's home and office. Obviously, I'm sure most of you guys are familiar with what happened there. This week, uh, FBI agents and investigators raided Giuliani's home early in the morning to collect evidence um, as part of a search warrant. The probe by the FBI is looking into whether Giuliani failed to register as a foreign agent for either one or multiple of the Ukrainian officials that he was corresponding with trying to get the dirt on the Bidens. So this week, the FBI raided Giuliani's home and his office, as well as the uh, premises of 
Victoria Tensing, who is a lawyer that was deeply involved um, in the Ukraine dirt digging effort. Now back to the story. Durkash is a Ukrainian member of parliament who has been an active Russian agent for over a decade, according to the U.S. government. And again, that was put out by the Trump administration. That is not some sort of political statement by the Bidens. That came from Trump's Treasury Department. Kenneth McCallion, an attorney who has represented multiple Ukrainian clients in the probe, told us that prosecutors have been looking into the actions of Durkash specifically in the 2020 election cycle as part of the Giuliani probe. So this is on the record from an attorney who represents some of the Ukrainians that are involved here. He's telling Forensic News, quote, I have been briefed that prosecutors are scrutinizing Durkash as part of the Giuliani probe. So this means that the probe is a little bit bigger than what we thought before, right? So up until this, people had been assuming that the only charge that Giuliani was being investigated for was the foreign agent charge. But with Durkash, that gets a little bit more gray, right? I don't think there's an allegation out there that Giuliani was lobbying anybody on behalf of Durkash. Uh, if you look at what Durkash and Giuliani did, it's media. Um, Durkash sat down for a big podcast interview that got over 100,000 views with Giuliani in early 2020. Um, Giuliani flew to Ukraine at the end of 2019 to meet with Durkash. So it's not like he was lobbying anyone per se. And the people that we spoke with got the impression that if Durkash is being probed here, which Mr. McCallion says, the attorney, then um, the charges against Giuliani potentially could be a little bit broader than what we're seeing with just the Foreign Agent Registration Act. Now, of course, they could wrap Durkash up in some big conspiracy to avoid FARA, um, some charge like that. Um, there is the possibility that Giuliani was lobbying, I don't know, Ron Johnson or Devin Nunes or even Trump on the need to, let's say, announce an investigation into Hunter Biden um, on behalf of Durkash or something like that. So there is the possibility that Giuliani was lobbying someone in the government on behalf of Durkash. But for me and for the people involved um, that spoke to us off the record, they kind of think that with Durkash involved now, um, some of the charges that are facing Giuliani with this probe are more collusion-like, a.k.a. something with campaign finance, conspiracy to um, you know, allow a foreigner to work on a campaign, um, stuff like that. Um, so basically the involvement of, of Durkash is to say that the Foreign Agent Registration Act's um, potential charge against Giuliani for him not registering on behalf of some of his... Ukrainian um, associates, that's cert certainly there. But with Durkash, we think that um, the potential charges facing Giuliani are even more serious and uh, more voluminous. But I'm not a lawyer, so don't pay any attention to what I say about charges or the legal system. Back to the Forensic News article. Giuliani met with Durkash on multiple occasions in 2019 and 2020 in pursuit of his far-ranging conspiracy theory that Joe and Hunter Biden engaged in criminal corruption in Ukraine, 
and that the DNC colluded with Ukrainian officials in 2016. Giuliani attended these meetings after, and I want to clarify this after I read this, Giuliani attended these meetings after he was directly warned by the FBI that he was the target of a Russian influence operation uh, based on a Washington Post article that came out this week. That Washington Post article, however, has been amended in a major way as of a couple of hours before this recording. So the Washington Post originally reported that Giuliani was warned by the FBI in 2019 that he was the subject of Russian intelligence operations. Like they were targeting him and um, the FBI actually found it serious enough to give Giuliani a defensive uh, briefing about it. But now today, the Washington Post is correcting their article and saying this. An earlier version of this story incorrectly reported that One American News was warned by the FBI that it was a target of a Russian influence operation. That version also said that the FBI had provided a similar warning to Rudolf Giuliani, which he has since disputed. This new version has been corrected to remove assertions that OAN and Giuliani received the warnings. So the Washington Post is now completely backtracking their headline from yesterday. They are not saying that Rudy Giuliani was warned that he was the subject of Russian intelligence um, operations. They're not saying that um, the FBI told him anything at all. They're only saying now that the FBI was aware that Giuliani was the target of these operations. Um, so the forensic news article now has been amended based on the Washington Post article, um, now saying that Giuliani was not warned, at least to their knowledge. Back to the forensic news article. Giuliani posted a podcast with Durkash filmed in February 2020. In it, the two rambled frequently and spread blatant disinformation about the Bidens, the Obama administration, and George Soros. For the American people, I thank you, Rudy Giuliani says. Thank you for your assistance, Durkash replies, and good job for the people of Ukraine. Mr. Durkash, you've raised some very, very uh, important issues. Um, and I really am very um, encouraged by the fact that the that these investigations are being taken so seriously, and a lot of that has to do with you. So for the American people, I thank you for being conscious of the expenditures of our taxpayers' dollars, and also uh, for your own people, because they're not getting, by any means, the full benefit of the money that we're giving them. So thank you very much. Thank you for assistance and for a good job for the people of Ukraine. Yeah. A recent report from the Office of Director of National Intelligence, ODNI, on foreign interference in the 2020 U.S. election revealed that Durkash, the guy that met with Giuliani, and another Russian intelligence asset, Konstantin Kalimnik, Paul Manafort's old buddy, helped produce a documentary created by Giuliani's friend, Michael Caputo. The report also stated, and this is key, Putin had purview over the activities of Andrei Durkash a stark assertion about Durkash's importance to Russia's intelligence services. So that's the first part of the forensic news article and the news about Giuliani. The probe is expanding. It now involves Andrei Durkash, which means that 
other potential charges could be um, investigated with Giuliani, not just the Farah charge, and that um, Giuliani and Durkash have a long-standing relationship, obviously. They met multiple times, and it's not a great sign when you're thanking a Russian spy on your podcast. The second part of the article is about a former Ukrainian politician named Andriy Artemenko, who also goes by the new name of Andy Kuchma, but we'll call him Artemenko. Artemenko, we have learned at Forensic News, is also under FBI investigation, and we have a good idea as to why and some of the proof here. So I'll read from the article. The expanding Giuliani probe has also roped in another one of his Ukrainian associates, Andriy Artemenko, who quietly became a person of interest to the FBI in the fall of 2020, according to sources. As recently as the winter of 2020, FBI agents in Washington, D.C. conducted multiple interviews with a business associate of Artemenko, according to that business associate, who declined to be named because of the sensitivity of the topic. Now, just a quick note here. We obviously know who this person is. We vetted this person. We know they're directly involved, and we can prove that um, the FBI did indeed have interest in this, in this um, in speaking with this person. So, just a little note about that. Even though we cannot reveal this person's name publicly, we know who they are and um, have done our due diligence. The new scrutiny on Artemenko comes as Forensic News has learned exclusive details about his business and political activities in 2019 and 2020, some of which appear to flout U.S. law. The recent ODNI report on foreign interference in the U.S. election noted that Russian proxies, quote, hired a U.S. firm to petition U.S. officials, end quote. That report appears to be referring to Artemenko's lobbying company, Global Management Association, which did business with individuals who have very close ties to the Russian government, Forensic News can reveal. Since its corporation in December 2018, Global Management Association, Artemenko's company, has registered just two foreign clients, according to FARA records. One of those clients was a Czech shell company, Czech as in the Czech Republic, by the way, um, a Czech shell company ostensibly in the oil business called Oilprom. Global Management Association resold exit polling data from the 2019 Ukrainian presidential election to Oilprom in the Czech Republic for $74,000 after having purchased it from a polling company in Ukraine called New Image Marketing Group for just $24,000, according to the FARA records. The transaction, in essence, put a $50,000 profit into Artemenko's pockets. So here's another way to say this. Artemenko's company, Global Management Association, bought exit polling data for the Ukraine presidential election from a Ukrainian polling company. That seems legit, even though if it's a little bit cheap, and we'll discuss that later. So he bought that polling data for $24,000. On the same day, according to the records... He sold that polling data to an oil company in the Czech Republic. And remember, this is Ukrainian presidential election politics. Artemenko is just the middleman here. He buys the polling data for $24,000 from the polling company. He sells it to this weird shell company that's in the oil business in the Czech Republic. 
um, for about $50,000 more. He gets a $50,000 profit. This is just a little side note, but I first wrote about that polling transaction because I found it so weird. I didn't even have the answers to it. Um, but I wrote about that Artemenko transaction where he sold the polling data to that oil business in Prague in the Czech Republic. I wrote about that in 2019. And just two years later, <laughs> only about 600 days, I finally got the answer. So stay tuned for that. The Forensic News article continues. However, Forensic News has learned that Oilprom's involvement in the transaction was a sham. According to sources on and off the record, Oilprom was actually a cover for the pro-Russian television channel 112 Ukraine. 112 is widely believed to be owned by a man named Viktor Medvedchuk, who is Putin's very closest ally in Ukraine. Um... Medvedchuk was sanctioned by the U.S. in 2014 after Russia invaded Ukraine and annexed Crimea. Ukrainian President Zelensky this year banned 112 from broadcasting in Ukraine in what Zelensky called a, quote, fight against the danger of Russian aggression in the information space. A representative from 112 approached Oleg Siniak, the director of the New Image Marketing Group, the polling company, in early April 2019, about doing an exit poll for the second round of the Ukraine presidential election, Siniak exclusively told Forensic News. According to Siniak, 112 said that their client for the poll that they wanted to run was the UK paper, The Independent. However, Siniak, the poll taker, was told to coordinate the cost and terms of the poll with Artemenko's Global Management Association. A representative from The Independent said that the company has absolutely no knowledge of the poll in question. Here's their quote to Forensic News. The Independent has no knowledge of any polls commissioned in Ukraine. When we asked about the specific poll to 112, the secretive client, Artem Marchevsky, the pr general producer of 112, said, quote, he didn't want to discuss the topic. After purchasing the polling data from New Image Group, the Ukrainian company, Artemeka was then essentially reimbursed at a $50,000 profit through Oilprom, which allowed 112, the real client, and Medvedchuk, the owner of 112, allowing their names to be hidden entirely. Artemenko had previously appeared multiple times on 112, though there was never any indication that there was a business relationship there other than Artemenko appearing as a guest. We contacted Artemenko, but he did not respond to requests for comment. Forensic News spoke with multiple Ukrainian anti-corruption activists who said that the $25,000 that was paid for the poll by Artemenko originally was far too little to conduct an exit poll for a national election. Quote, this is money laundering, end quote. Tetiana Shevchuk, legal counsel at the Anti-Corruption Action Center, told uh, Forensic News. Shevchuk also expressed the opinion that there was no reason to do an exit poll at all because in Ukraine, a national one was already being done. And it was her opinion that such a poll would cost around $400,000. Shevchuk's assertion of illegality 
with this transaction is bolstered by action taken by Oilprom's bankers in Eastern Europe. The company's bank account with Unicredit Bank in Bratislava, Slovakia, was closed down in 2020 due to money laundering concerns, according to an employee at Unicredit who is directly familiar with the account. Now, I want to take the chance here to describe this a little bit better because it's single-sourced. My co-author on this piece is Matt Bernardini, and he's been an excellent asset and brought a ton of information to the table here uh, to really get this story going and the Michael Caputo story that we did a few weeks ago. Um, But Matt was able to get in touch with uh, one of the bankers that directly handled Oilprom's accounts at this bank, and this banker could not say any quote on the record. Um, He didn't want to give his name or anything like that because he still works at the bank, but he told Matt directly and us that this account for for Oilprom, which, again, bought the polling data from Artemanko, was shut down by Unicredit Bank in 2020 because they thought that there was money laundering activity going on. I mean, this person told us straight up that it was a suspicious account. They weren't paying attention to the rules, and um, so the bank shut down their account. The next part and the last part of the Forensic News article is about Artemenko's activities with Giuliani specifically. According to Giuliani's former right-hand man, Lev Parnas, Andrei Artemenko's involvement with Giuliani goes beyond what has been previously reported. Artemenko first attempted to meet with Giuliani in mid-2019, according to Parnas. In June 2019, Artemenko met with Parnas and his close associate, Igor Fruman, at Trump's hotel in Washington, D.C., where Artemenko told the men that he wanted to reach Giuliani with information on the Bidens. After Parnas was arrested in October 2019 on charges of campaign finance violations involving foreign funding into multiple politicians and campaigns, Giuliani did work with Artemenko and appeared with him in a panel which included Andriy Telezhenko, who was sanctioned by the Trump administration for working in suspected Russian spy Andriy Durkash's, quote, inner circle. Artemenko was featured prominently in a documentary aired by OAN in December 2019 into Biden and DNC corruption in Ukraine. Not only did Artemenko attempt to secure a meeting with Giuliani for himself, earlier than previously known, but he also acted as an intermediary between Giuliani and Durkash. On a separate occasion in mid-2019, according to Parnas, Artemenko relayed a message from Durkash, who also also wanted to sit down with the former New York mayor. If Artemenko was indeed acting on behalf of Durkash in 2019, this far precedes his registration as a foreign agent for Durkash in April of 2020. These circumstances appear to be part of a previously unreported FBI investigation into Artemenko. According to a person directly involved, the FBI has been investigating Artemenko since at least September of 2020, when they began a series of interviews with one of Artemenko's business associates. According to that person... The first interview took place in September 2020, and at least two subsequent interviews took place in the following months, where FBI agents grilled the person about his-slash-her knowledge of Artemenko's foreign contacts and business activities in the States and elsewhere. A recent Politico report indicated that Artemenko is cooperating with authorities in the Giuliani probe, though the outlet did not mention the FBI's interest in Artemenko himself 
or his direct involvement in trying to disseminate disinformation on the Bidens from Durkash to Giuliani. A lawyer for Rudy Giuliani did not respond to multiple requests for comment for the Forensic News article. So the sort of quick version of looking at this Forensic News article is to break it down into the three various parts. First, the Giuliani probe by the FBI and New York prosecutors has expanded and now includes his dealings with Andre Durkash, which indicates that more potential charges are being looked at. Secondly, Giuliani's close Ukrainian associate, Andrei Artemenko, is also under FBI investigation. Uh, we revealed that he lied on his FARA payment and secretly got that $50,000 payment from Channel 112 in Ukraine, which is owned by Putin's closest ally in Ukraine. And part three, we learn more about Giuliani's efforts in 2019, including Artemenko being involved in the dissemination of dirt on the Bidens, and Artemenko acting as an intermediary between the Russian spy Andrei Durkash and the Giuliani camp. Of course, it remains to be seen whether Giuliani is charged in any of these cases, but the search warrant served on his house and on his office is very telling. They can look for communications that Giuliani had with Andrei Durkash, for example, and Artemenko, and to see if there was any sort of conspiracy to either violate FARA laws or to otherwise um, influence the election. One other quick note that I wanted to mention is that the company that I mentioned here called Oilprom, they're this ostensibly an oil business, the ones that received the polling data uh, from Artemenko and acted as a cover for Channel 112 in Ukraine. There is a ton more to come out about oil prom. It's not necessarily political, but it's very interesting based on the documents I've gotten. So stay tuned for some sort of, I don't know the scope of it yet, but um, if you're interested in money laundering and shell companies and forged documents and spy thrillers, this will be a story for you. Please support Forensic News. We do not have any paywalls. I've noticed recently that more and more media outlets are moving to that hard paywall system, and we're trying to avoid that. Every article we've ever posted, every podcast we've ever done has always been free, so we rely on listeners and on readers. The two main ways to support us are on Patreon, patreon.com slash forensic news, and just on our website at the support our work link at the top. Uh, you can do a one-time donation there. You can tip in basic attention token if you're a crypto person. Um, or you can buy some merch or just spread the word. This is Xavier, editor of the Forensic News Podcast, hosted by Scott Stedman. Make sure to subscribe to Forensic News on Patreon and follow us on Twitter at Forensic News Net and Forensic News Pod. Also, for a limited time only, everything in our online store will be 40% off. So don't forget to purchase your official Forensic News merch. Thank you for listening. Until next time.